podcast in the world from WWE to DNA Impact by way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up with legendary referee Brian Hepner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in this. Is revving it up. Welcome back to Revving It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by the two greatest professional referees of all time. First and foremost, from the great white north, Mr. Jimmy Corderas. And Everybody loves him, especially online, Mr. Brian Hebner. But first, Jimmy, welcome back. It's great to have you back on the show this week. Uh, glad to be back. You know, so sometimes you got to take care of some business, as they said back in the day. And I did last week. But uh, no, I missed you guys. And uh, uh, great show last week, as always. But uh, now I'm glad to be back and be a part of it. And when you say great white north, you ain't kidding, buddy. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably a little icy more than white, but hey, it's potato, potato. Here's the funny thing, though. D- tomorrow it's supposed to start raining. Yeah, same here, too. It's all yeah, melting. So, <laughs> so, so, so make up my mind, brother. <laughs> yeah, right. What's up, Brian? You and your weather woes. Jeez. <laughs> um, I will say this. Uh, this is going to be the last time I'll ever take to Twitter before I do a podcast, because right now I'm so fucking hot. Um. <laughs> But but I'm gonna try and keep it at a minimum just because I got one jack off that wants to run his mouth and be big balls on Twitter. He's probably some big fucking nerd behind his computer just talking shit while I'd whip his ass. But anyway, um, I'm doing good. How are y'all? Good. I wouldn't mess with you, bro. I I see the guns online. Trust me. <laughs> well, you you don't even need to see it. I'm still waiting for. He tried to get me last week, Jimmy. Try to get me last oh. week. He flexed last week in front of Dave, and I said, Dave, this is what I have to deal with every week. <laughs> I know he tries to pop Jimmy and Jimmy, you can't pop Jimmy or at least I haven't seen it, but for me, on the yeah. other hand, he'll pop me like nothing. Yeah. It's I've almost seen, like I've seen Sorry. Jimmy just squirm. I've seen Jimmy squirm, but not just sell it. You know what I mean? Like squirm, like, Oh <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, sometimes it's the Canadian thing. You know, it's, it's like, boy, I really want to say something right now, but you know what? <laughs> I'll take it up. And, and it's the old mean, mean gene. And you'll put that cigarette out. <laughs> <laughs> which that's come that, that that anniversary is coming up soon with the royal rumble coming up this weekend so mm-hmm. uh that was back in 92 i believe so um but something that has been coming up each and every week on this great episode and great show that we have here is our first count this is your one count Last week, as we were recording new japan pro wrestling announced that kazutsuka okada will be leaving the company after the conclusion of his contract on January 31st of this year um, of 2024. Pardon me. Um, So that is coming up. And, you know, the scuttlebutt has been going around. Where is he going to go? Where is he going to? What is he going to do? WWE, AW, whatever. Um, But this is the statement. And I'll get you guys um, opinions on it. Uh, this is correct from Kazutsuko Okada himself. He says, I am 
have nothing but gratitude for having been part of New Japan Pro Wrestling since 2007 and for New New Japan Pro Wrestling bringing me from a 19-year-old kid off the plane in Mexico to the rainmaker I am today. Thank you thank you to the best of companies in New Japan, the best of opponents that I've been able to face here and to the best fans that have cheered and booed over the years. I promise to make it rain in every match I have left. So keep watching. Uh, Jimmy, uh, you've probably seen a little bit of his work doing the stuff that you do for Wrestling Inc. Um, But legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world. I I would say so. But what what are your thoughts on this? Are you surprised with all this? A little surprised and a little surprised at the at the um, the attention that he's getting, not only from AEW, because you figure that they would, you know, he fits in their wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, that diehard, hardcore fan that watches New Japan Pro Wrestling and all that, everything. But WWE is very interested in him because they see something in him. They think, you know, WWE, it, it's all about the money, right? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in it as a business. So they see some business opportunities with him. And uh, before I continue, I have to say that was a classy statement he made though on his exit mm-hmm. there. That, that, that's really, it shows a lot of class on his part. Now, when he comes to WWE, if he comes to WWE, I don't want to say when, if he was, now the problem is where do you debut him? Because it, it, it is, you said his contract is up on the 31st January, of January. 31st. So he can't be one of those special surprises in the Royal Rumble Plus, you want to introduce him properly to the WWE audience so they get to know who he is as a as a character and as a person, as a well, not only just his in-ring. Well, his in-ring stuff is unquestionable. Mm-hmm. We know he's good. He can go. He but he but people need to get invested in him personally, kind of like they are with uh 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 oh my goodness. Um Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I drew a blank there. You know, Shinsuke's new character, the way he's doing these promos in Japanese with the subtitles and stuff like that, it's given him an identity. They have to give him an identity, o- Okada, if they are to get him. I just, uh, I'm hoping that if he goes to AEW, they utilize him correctly and he doesn't get ward load, as I like to say, lost in the shuffle. My, my thing is, why would he go to AEW? Well, why would he go there? He's leaving the WWE of Japan. And I I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be negative, but I'm just saying, like, in other words, if if, if 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 I were a wrestler and I'm leaving New Japan and this is a big to-do and people want me, I want to go to the biggest company in the United States. I want to go with the best company in the United States. Now, I'm not saying that WWE is the best overall, like, as far as, maybe locker room or anything. So I don't know anything about that. What I'm talking about is being, being seen with more eyes, um, being seen on a more production stage, uh, just a bigger platform uh, that to me, that's where if, if you got the ball and you, and everybody wants to kick it. I mean, you, you take the one that kicks it the hardest and the most, you know what I mean? That's going to be to me, WWE, but I'm sure either way, he'll be happy probably to be in the United States and working. Now, Jimmy, I have a question for you and RJ, if you know that I'll ask you as well. I have not seen a lot of uh, of him. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Um, I did catch up a little bit with with 
some matches to just watch back. What comparison style wise do you have him with? Like, uh, is he a Randy Orton? Is he uh, what, like where you have him style wise? I'm, I'll let RJ go first because that's a tough question to, to you categorize know, him. They, because it, it's because it's he does has the character or ability to you know draw you in with a character he has many different uh faces i guess you could say um i would i don't think honestly i think randy ort may be the closest to him where he still can be physical he still can play a good character he can dissect you he can put you down on the mat um Is so i a high fly does he do that stuff? He can, yeah. Like he can come off the top and cross bodies, and you know, you're not. I don't think I've never seen him do any type of like moon salts or anything like that. But um, I, 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 he, his athletic ability is similar to a Randy Orton, uh, similar to a Kurt Angle. I think he's like a multiple amount of of wrestlers. You know, you could get, you know. The psychology like a uh, Randy Orton, the ability like Randy Orton, the mat skills of Kurt Angle. Um, but he can also make you tap out too. That's, so that's a that, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Brandon. That's a, that's a good analogy. Uh, but you, you mentioned a couple of wrestlers here that uh I I haven't seen enough of Okada to 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 categorize them, but when you mentioned Randy Orton, when you mentioned Kurt Angle, when you mentioned those other guys that he may be comparable to, what do those guys have? all in common other than the fact that they are fantastic in the ring, their timing, uh, their storytelling in the ring is great. They all have characters that people get invested in. They get invested mm -hmm. in the person as well as just, Hey, so-and-so's in the ring. We're going to have a good match. Right. You know what I mean? I want more. I just, have a, I just have a hard time thinking that, um, and, and not for any reason, it's just the way the American people are that, that a, uh, I guess Japanese, correct? Correct. Uh, Japanese star can be a major league star here in the U.S. I, because it's yet to happen. So I, I will say this, and I will give credit where credit's due. This week, I believe you'll see Okada tag teaming with the Motor City Machine Guns on TNA Impact tomorrow night. Oh, wow. So... Because he showed up last week on Impact, uh, TNA Impact, on Thursday promoting it. So, you know, he's coming over. He's he's came over, I should say, to do some TVs for uh, for TNA here. So, you know, he's had the business relationship with TNA. He's had the business relationship with AEW. So he knows those biz those promotions. He knows who's in charge. What's to be expected. I still say, like I said, January 31st is going to be interesting. Why not? I don't, like I said, contractually, I don't know how it can be done. I, I have no experience with that, obviously, so I can't say for sure. But why not put his face on the Jumbotron at the Rumble? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know. I, I don't know contractually if that's that would right. be allowed, but... You know, it is, you know, it, it will be interesting to see where where he ends up, though. I think, like Brian, you said that, you know, at the end of the day, where else is bigger than the WWE when you're main eventing WrestleMania, main eventing 
one of the major four pay-per-views that they have or premium live events, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but it, it's shocking, but it's still not completely shocking to me. I think it was just a matter of time before we saw it where, all right, you know, Japan is great, but I got to expand my horizons a little bit. Spread my wings and fly, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. yeah for sure. Uh, so somebody else that uh, is going to be not flying as much anymore, at least for the next short period of time, will be Seth Rollins, uh, who substant- or, excuse me, su- uh, sustained a torn M- MCL and a partially torn meniscus on Monday night's uh, Raw last week. Um, I believe he was facing uh, Ginger Mahal. Uh, and this is all according to Fightful Select. Uh, he had his great, great two MCL tear and a torn meniscus. The doctors are saying s- with surgery, they are looking at a three to four month off uh, off um, TV, off the road, all that stuff. Um, I don't know. Like I said, this is just something I grabbed off of uh, with, with Fightful.com, Fightful Select. Uh, but it seems that... The promo that he cut last night with Gunther, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of seems like it's like, okay, is it really going to be three to four months? Is it going to be shorter? Is he going to be able to make WrestleMania? He hasn't relinquished the title yet. So right. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's interesting because when you say grade two MCL tear, was it a complete tear or a partial tear? If it's a partial tear, you know, according to Dr. Google, you can rehab that in roughly six weeks if everything mm-hmm. goes right. And then, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it, it's all dependent on how bad the tear is and the meniscus tear is and how he reacts to it. You don't want him to get hurt further. You know what I mean? Because, you know, the old school mentality, Brian, Hey, you're hurt, but you still go out there and you get it done, brother. You know, yeah. it's it's not like that anymore, especially in the WWE. You have to go through clearance. You have the doctors have to okay you to go. And that's going to be the challenge for, for Randy Orton. But what happened with him and Gunter was great because it elevated Gunter and put his name on the list. You know, when you, you, you're writing down all the, well, you know, so-and-so could win the Rumble. So-and-so could win the Rumble. So-and-so could win the Rumble. Now, all of a sudden, you just added another name. You went, hey, you know what? After Monday night, Gunther looks like a you know a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, I uh, actually had a phone conversation today with someone in the WWE that you worked a lot with, um, and I won't mention any names. But um, by the way, he did tell you to say hello, and um, we can talk about that off air. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, talking to him today, there are protocols for everything there. I mean, everything. You can't come on to my podcast, anybody's podcast, without it being, you know, approved through the PR department, you know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, getting hurt is another lengthy, how long will he stay out, whatever they got to do, get this, get that. I mean, it's it, everything's a process there. And, and, and I tell you, you know, I have tore my knee. Um, and it was my whole knee, not just my MCL. And if he gets back with surgery in three to four weeks, that is fucking doing it, man. Um, that would be amazing. And I'm not saying he can't. I mean, he's in the prime shape of his life. He's in much better shape than most human beings at that age. Uh, so, yeah, it could happen. But, golly, that's really pushing it. And uh, yeah. But even if he goes with the longest part of it, and then I think it's four to six weeks recovery, I mean, that would still put him back in mania, right? 
Should, yeah. Well, but the thing is, you don't want to. He's still young. He's always had he's had knee issues before. So I don't know if this is the same knee that he had issues on before. Right. Don't quote me. I could not find anything. If you know anybody out there knows, let us know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jimmy. No, no, it's just a little thing. Uh, no, that what happened in the match too. It looked like after the after the finish of the match that there was supposed to be something else going on. There's supposed to be more activity, like uh, aftermath. Let's put it that way. And he, you know, Chad came in and leaned in to talk to him and it was very quick. You can see him and, and you can't see me on video now because we're doing this uh, without video. He did the throat slash thing to Chad. Like, no, we're not doing it. We're going, we're, yeah. you know, this is it. Like he couldn't go on. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very brief because as soon as the camera went on him and he started doing the motion, they cut away. Almost like whoever was directing goes, oh, okay. I saw that. Something's going on. Yeah. So so you knew something was up. You just like I hope he doesn't make it worse. Let's put it that way. If if it's not as bad as it seems to be, that's good. Just don't do anything to make it bad. Worse if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that the um Stripey Awards uh that we give out is not like the Madden curse because remember he was my wrestler of the year. Hmm. Oh, so you're the one that we have to blame for this then, Brian? Not uh, yet. To figure out after next year who I select. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, then the okay, finger pointing can start. Enough. We'll point to you like the WrestleMania sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but with that, this news broke this afternoon, or I should say this morning, as we're recording Tuesday. This happened yesterday as you're listening, or whenever you're listening. But WWE, part of TKO Group, Holdings Inc. is now announced a long-term partnership with Netflix uh, for Raw to beginning in January of 2025. Netflix will be the exclusive new home of Raw in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and Latin America, among other territories um, as well. Uh, the deal was a reported, according to CNBC, um, of 10 years at a total of 5 billion that's with a b people or 500 million per year uh wwe raw will continue to air on usa network until 20 or excuse me october of this year um according to uh brandon thurston of russell nomics netflix has the option to cancel the 10-year deal with the WWE after just five years and has the option to extend the deal for additional 10 years, uh, according to a filing from TKO. Uh, So meaning WWE Netflix term could be up to being five years, 10 years, or even 20, whichever basically the balls in Netflix um, uh, court at this point. And a little side effect before I throw it over to you, Jimmy, Mm-hmm. A one people's champion, former people's champion, or for everybody's people champion, whatever way you want to do it. Mr. Dwayne Johnson is now on the board of directors according uh, of TKO, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. So, Jimmy, uh, you know, it's been up in the air. You know, is it Netflix? Is it Amazon? Is it uh, Time Warner Discovery? Is it ESPN Disney? Who is it? Now we have an answer. 
But there's yeah. uh, there, there's a lot to uncover there, Jimmy. I'm so glad you're first. Fuck it, go at it. <laughs> no, what? Where do you begin? This is incredible. It, it was it was a little bit of a shocker to me because uh, as as we've said on this program before, everybody's looking at the streaming services as the future of pro wrestling. I just didn't expect it to be this soon because mm-hmm. I always say it's always about the money and making the best deal you can make, and it's always been in linear television whether it's on ca- uh, cable uh, TV, uh, network television, which is the case with something like SmackDown and stuff like that, that's where the money was. Now with this unprecedented offer deal with with uh, Netflix, uh, TKO made, and uh, it, it just changes the game. Let's put it that way. It absolutely changes the game. And mm-hmm. I'm again, I, I hate to be this guy, we're still ten and a half months away from this this deal taking place and and becoming a reality, but it it's going to be interesting to see how this affects the viewing audience. And I know people talk about ratings and all that stuff. I never cared about ratings because you know it doesn't affect my watching of the television show. Right. It's just now being here in Canada, it's a little bit different from the United States because you know there's a there's a deal with Fox for for. Uh, Smackdown that ends at a certain time, which I believe is after the move to to Netflix. You know, NXT has a deal with the CW network. Everything up here in Canada airs on the Sportsnet uh, mm-hmm. thing. So, and we have the WWE network if you want to watch the PLE slash pay per views. So now in Canada, everything will be on Netflix. Right. You know, from Raw. SmackDown, NXT, to WrestleMania, to, to SummerSlam, whatever. Everything is going to be there. So it changes the game in that way, too. And, and the other interesting thing, if I can, really quickly, they always refer to it as WWE Raw. They never said Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Which has got people thinking now. Everybody's out there going, are they going to change nights? Is it going to be a different night? Well, according if if you watch Nick Khan, who was the president of WWE, for those of you that don't know, recognize that name, was on the Pat McAfee show this afternoon, and that was one of the questions that they asked him. They said, "Is Raw going to stay on Monday nights?" Uh you know, when, with this transition, and he said, "As of right now, there's no plan to move it." But he also brought up the case of what do you have on Monday nights? During football season, Monday Night Football, you have the national championship for college football. You have a lot of other things. But even with that being said, the numbers are still good for WWE Monday Night Raw against all that, whether it be basketball, baseball, any of these sports. Um, so th- that's something to think about. But, uh, but Brian, I, you know, you've been... Uh, you know, to make a long story short, you were you were quite opinionated online today with this topic. So what are your thoughts on it? I mean, quite honestly, I, I don't understand this shit, to be quite honest with you. Um, so maybe, you know, I don't know, my, my, my weaknesses are going to show here, but I really don't give a shit. But like, don't you have to pay for Netflix? Yes. Okay. I always thought, that Netflix was kind of like a thing where like if you had something you wanted to watch and they had it, you just select it and you watch it and you play it 
or they have TV series that you can DVR and, and go back and watch and things of that nature. Is this physically going to be something that you sit down and watch live every week? According to that, according to what I've seen today and what I've heard from Nick Khan in that interview, it is going to be a live show as of right now. And this will be only, I believe, the second live uh, show on Netflix. I believe the other one was a uh, Chris Rock uh, comedy uh, show. Uh, I can't don't don't call me. I don't remember the specific date of it, but uh, as of right now. It's okay. going to be live. So, I, like I said, I don't know. Um, like like Jimmy said, we're still, you know, 10 months out, whatever the case may be from this actually happening. So I think it's just be a wait and see. Um, I think either way, people are going to find ways to watch it. And I think it's I pose this to you guys this afternoon too, off air. But how long is do you think it's going to take? I don't know when the Peacock deal is up. But how long is it going to take until everything, at least in the U.S., like Jimmy, you said up in Canada, that's over there anyways now. But how long do you think it's going to take to get everything on Netflix, including the PLEs? You talking about just WWE? Everything, everything. Okay, well, here's here's my grand my grand question I asked today before I had some smart fuck get on my Twitter feed. Um, if you're not a Netflix subscriber. How many people that are a dad or even someone who can't pay for TV because they live at home is going to get Netflix just for the mere fact that Raw is now on Netflix? That's my question. So, Jimmy, I'm assuming you have Netflix. Is that correct? No, I don't. Are you going to get it? Well, to, to watch the shows, yes, because I do commentary on the shows. So, I I'm I need to get the Netflix just to continue doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> well, we, we we have a fan that did send me um, something today on Twitter that they could give it to me free. I'll give you the free promo. You want to pay for shit. Um, but yeah, uh, there's ways around this stuff, boys. Um, but anyway, I, you know what? I see $8 billion. That's what you could have bought the worthless Commanders franchise for. Um, it's it, It's... Definitely all about dollars, maybe not as much about cents. It's about dollars. It, it really, truly is. Um, that's the way I'm seeing WWE's approach on this. I think they want to also be the first to do it on a platform such as a streaming where everyone's been screaming that it's going to go to at some point in time. When is that going to fucking happen? They said it was going to happen sooner than it is now. I got cable. I pay $139 fucking dollars for it, get everything under the moon. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to buy an app. For me to watch Monday Night Raw, that ain't happening. Sorry, Raw, you're not being watched by Brian Hebner. Not that's not happening. Well, you said you had that code there, so you don't have to pay anything. That's the allegedly, allegedly. Well, I'm gonna watch it. I'm watching it for free. I don't pay for shit. I'm tight. I'm a, I was a, I was a fucking referee for twenty some years. I, I get shit free. The people know me. I, I go to the bar. <laughs> I get. Free. I'm not paying for Netflix. Fuck you. Well, you, heard, you, heard, you heard it here, folks, first. Yeah. Jeez, Brian Abner. I never knew. Never knew, Jimmy. No, nah, no, nah, that's interesting. I, I, I'm i going to have to hit you up, Brian, and see if I get that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's an interesting template. Let's put it that way, to see where this goes forward. Because maybe this is, you know, the beginning of an era where other sports franchise, sports platforms, companies, 
you look at Major League Baseball, maybe uh, NBA, NFL, NHL. Maybe that's where they're going to end up going yeah. in the future. Well, well WWE you know, with... is the test platform. Let's put it that way, because they're yeah. the sports entertainment. Sorry, Jimmy, but because um, no. we've seen the NFL really do it, n- not to this extent, but they have NFL Plus now where you can get basically every single game out of market with play- with NFL Plus, and then you get all mm-hmm. that extra, you know, whatever you want to call it, content. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I, I think this is, like you said, Jimmy, I think you're spot on with that. Is it This is going to be, I guess you could say, the guinea pig of... Mm uh you know streaming and I, but right. that's I, I think cable is one of those sort of dying dying markets but with that being said why don't you take a short break here come back in our second count with our guest mr doug basham this is your two count we are back with our second count and we're bringing in our special guest this week a good friend of mine and a guy that I did a lot of work with and actually broke him in when he got into the uh, WWE from straight from OVW. We'll touch on that in uh, a little bit as well. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, please welcome in Mr. Doug Basham. Doug, what's up, buddy? Dougie, Dougie. How are you doing, BH? Hey, man, I'm hanging and banging and thugging and bugging. I'm ready to do <laughs> this thing to you, buddy. I'm ready to do this hey. thing to you, man. Hey, thanks for having me on there, man. I really appreciate it. And it's been... We were, it's been how, how long? It's been 17 years, was it? Yeah, yeah. About, se- about 17, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. And how long has it been since I've heard, get out, get out? <laughs> <laughs> that's a story we can tell. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I have a feeling that's a nice Canadian story, huh? Eh? That is a very nice Canadian story. In the ring, in the moment, actually. Yeah. Was, that, was that TV or a house show, Jimmy? I, I want to say it was a, a how maybe it was a dark match at TV, but it was it wasn't on TV where I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have broke yet. Well, we, yes, you would have because you you had fun all the time. But uh, I think it may I think it was an I think it may have been a house show. Yeah, yeah, you were, you were, uh, that, yeah. I didn't want somebody a gorilla. You know, as I always say, when you go back to gorilla and you get someone there, pull the glasses down to the bottom of their nose and give you the. Oh, oh yeah, that, that happened yeah, to me and Danny once, and uh, oh. <laughs> oh, it was not good. <laughs> it wasn't just the glasses down; he stood up. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. the full thing. <laughs> yeah, that was Doug, like oh Doug, shit, we get, we're in trouble. Doug, before we get really going, um, I just want to let you know that you have won the jackpot on our guests that we've had on this show. Um, for the most reminders I've ever had to send a guest, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, and <laughs> perfectly, perfectly okay because you warned me, and and that's fine. But I've never been so active on my phone to remind someone to be on my fucking show in my life. <laughs> Sorry, man. You, you want to know how many people are probably upset with me right now because they they forgot to remind me and I totally forgot. And you was on Johnny on the spot, man. Because dude, I, dude, you know how many? Every time we take a bump, that's like that's like taking a. a shot in a car a rear end of the car and a whiplash and then it's your brain man i just i just can't remember that's why you don't work as a boy you'd be a referee brother <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i don't know uh, 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 no comment 
No comment. Well, uh, well, well, now it's like now you're still you said you before, you know, peek behind the curtain. You said you're still active, but now you're doing the training. You're the head trainer for OBW, right? Yeah, man. Um, Head trainer for OBW, turning out some good talent for OBW TV. Um, I, I, I'm just doing my thing, man. I'm doing what I love. And I, I can't thank Al Snow enough for bringing me, pulling me uh, back into this this circus we call wrestling. You know what I mean? How, how did he do that? How did he convince you to come back and do it? Oh, now this is a good story. You guys ready for this one? Absolutely. Al Snow is a genius. He's also an ass, you know, but I, I love him to death. That son of a, you know what? Here, here goes. It's, I'll try to make it quick, but it's kind of a long story. I still get fan mail. Uh, periodically, people send me fan mail with a letter and, like um, the uh, training cards and pictures, would you sign it? And they, I sign it and I send it back to them. And um, I, I used to go, there was this restaurant bar uh, close by my house. And I, I went, it, it opened up and I, I went there all the time. And I was like, you know, Norm on Cheers, when you walk in, he walked into the bar, everybody say, Norm. Well, that was me at this uh, rest, you know, bar, restaurant bar. And I'd go there all the time, became really good friends with the bartender. And one day I got this um, letter in the mail from this army veteran. And he said that he um, collected pictures of wrestlers and stuff like that. Said he was a fan. I'm sure he was working me, but said he was a fan and it helped him with his PTSD. And I, I was touched by the, the letter that he wrote me. And I took it in to this bartender because he and I became friends. He was a huge wrestling fan. And we just, I said, check this out and look at these pictures. This guy wants me to sign. And I said, these are awesome. And they they were from way back when, before, um, when OVW just started with Danny Davis, the very first days back in 98, I think 98, 99. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as I was showing this bartender those pictures, a guy walked by and goes, oh, hey, I, by the way, I took those. And I turned and looked and went, uh, you did? <laughs> like, yeah, right. And he goes, hey, my name's Greg Brown, you know, and, and then he, um, he's the owner of the restaurant. And then he went into the story of saying, uh, reminding me, because I'm so forgetful these days, of uh, the pictures and how he was there and how he did take them. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, I remember you now. I remember, yes, you were the photographer that took all these pictures back when the developmental um, first came into uh, w, uh, OBW, when Jim Cornette and, you know, back in the days of Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Rico Constantino, Randy Orton, when all, Shelton Benjamin, when all those guys first got sent down to OBW to, to train for the de developmental. So... Um, he goes, yeah, I've got all the, you know, I took all those pictures. I was like, really? And then he and I, we sat and we talked for the longest time and he goes, Hey, do you think Danny or Jimmy, you know, Danny Davis or Jim Cornette would want any of these or, or maybe Al Snow? Cause Al owned OVW at the time. I said, you know what? I don't know. Let me, let me check it. Let me check and see. So I reached out to uncle Danny and talked to him. He said, no, I'm not interested. I have what I need. Jimmy, he says, nope. And then, uh, I said, you think, uh, Al would want these, Danny, and I got Al's number because I didn't have it. 
at the time. And I called Al and this was during the pandemic, you know, when, when um, things were just starting to open back up. So OBW is based out of Louisville, Kentucky, and they were still shut down. So there's an, an arena over in Indiana that Al was going over and filming TV because OBW is a live TV show every week. Right. And, um, but during the pandemic, he had to do what he had to do. So I call Al, I go, Al, Hey, well, Hey Doug, what's going on? You know, Hey Doug, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> That's how Al sounds now <laughs> these days. And then, uh, he, he goes, I asked if he wanted to purchase these, these pictures, if he was interested, he goes, you know what, why don't you come, come over in Indiana, come to the TV taping and we'll talk, just sit down, meet the boys and, and, you know, watch a show and we'll talk after. I said, okay, sounds great. And now at this point, I had kind of not been around wrestling for about eight to 10 years. I had just put wrestling on the shelf and moved on with my uh, career after wrestling, so to speak, medical career. And then, um, of course, when Al said, come to TV taping, I started going, oh, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I get there and I'm watching. I'm, I'm staying small, staying out of the way, staying hidden and watching the show and everything and just really enjoying myself. And then the show was over and then me and Al started, we went out to the arena and we sat on the ring and we started talking and um, I, I tried to start talking about the pictures and stuff and he kept cutting me off and talking about the show. And, oh yeah, the show's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it, love it. He goes, oh, but these pictures, he goes, oh, you know, well, you know what, you know, Kentucky will be open up soon. You, you should come help me. You should, you want to, you want to come back next week and uh, maybe help me agent a tag match. He said the key word tag and what was i i was a tag guy in wwe right and i love tag team wrestling so he uh so basically what al did he got me he 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 put threw out the chum he threw the chum in the water come to the arena and we'll talk there's the chum i took the bait he took that he threw the line out into the out into the water i bit the hook he yanked on it he hooked me he reeled me in. He reeled me in. And he <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. The day I called him is when he goes, oh, he's mine. That SOB. <laughs> so Dude, that wow. is pretty much how all of that happened. And then he each week he would say, hey, you want to come back and, and do this? Hey, you want to come back? He kept adding to the, the stuff that I would be doing uh, every week that I came in. And, and man, I, I got that itch. You know what I mean? How we get that itch, like, oh, and then, you know, I was full-fledged, just full, you know, chicken pox itching, and here I am. Head trainer, OVW. I helped produce the OVW show. I helped write the, the OVW show. I helped agent a huge portion of the matches for the uh, OVW show. I am uh, the, the head road agent for when we go on tour. <laughs> uh, he got me, man. <laughs> he got me. You, you know what, though? You know what's fascinating about that? First of all, not only did he get you, he he worked you is what he did. He worked you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he didn't have to work too hard, Brad, because I, I was I was all in, man. I was all in. You know, I, 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 I get it. I get it. And there's two other things that you said that I thought were kind of interesting and funny at the same time. Um, You were, you're, you were describing a real life uh, a, a situation and you said to your, you said you were staying small in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see as small as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and then and then the other interesting thing you said you said something about Uncle Danny. Um, something I found out that honestly, just doing this podcast with you, I had no idea that you were the nephew of the OBW founder, Mr. Nightmare Danny Davis. I had no idea. So absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, Uncle Danny. Uh he um how that happened, you know, I'm not blood, but by marriage. He married my aunt and the the very <laughs> Here's a good story. I'll tell you another story real quick. I'll Wait try to keep this one short. Any, did you say? Did you say you're from West Virginia? Where'd you say you're from? Me? Yeah. Oh, a little town called Henryville, Indiana. Oh, I'm just talking about this marriage situation you got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. No, I'm not from Kentucky. I am not from West Virginia. I do not. <laughs> my my cousins are my cousins. They're not my wife and my sister. <laughs> well, we're not Canadian. Oh, hey, shit. wait a minute there. Hey, ho, hey get ho. out. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. Stop it. <laughs> okay, well, carry oh, on. I got to get to that story, too. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I was when I graduated high school, uh, and I've, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, just like all of us, you know. That's how we get into wrestling, right, because we're fans. And ever since I was young enough to turn the TV on, I've been a wrestling fan. And, and I grew up on Mid-South wrestling, Memphis wrestling, Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, Dutch Mantel, Sonny King, uh, Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert. You know, that, that's what I grew up watching until um, the uh, Saturday night main event started coming on once a month uh, on, our, on our TV waves for WWF. And then that turned me on to WWF team, uh, wrestling. And I was like, Ooh, man, I really want to do this. I, I would love to do this. How do I want to, how, how can I make this happen? But you know what, At, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, I, I've never been out of my town, let alone, I've never been out of my state, let alone go to another state to learn how to train to wrestle because there was no wrestlers training people in, in Henryville, Indiana or Louisville, Kentucky. That's basically where I'm, where I live is Louisville, Kentucky. Um, but uh, I would watch Mid-South Wrestling. It was a USWA and every Jer Jarrett, Jer Jerry Jarrett, Jarrett Promotion. And every week they would say, if you ever dream of being a professional wrestler, come to the Nashville Arena and train in the Jarrett's School of Professional Wrestling. And I'm like, oh, man, how do I get there? Where is that? Where in the world is Nashville? But that just, it just never, never come to fruition. So I put that on the back burner, but still a huge wrestling fan. So I'm, I'm sitting there in high school. I graduate high school and I decide I want to be a doctor. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, I, I know. Right. Yeah. You, <laughs> but, um, so I go to Indiana, you know, I apply to Indiana university. I get in, I don't know how I got in, but I got in, um, I take the pre-med program. I'm going through there, um, through the whole process. And then, uh, go a couple of years in, then I, I moved back home because I had an opportunity to get a job at a hospital so I could work in the hospital setting and go to school. And during this time, my aunt Faye, uh, started dating, uh, nightmare Danny Davis. And, uh, I was like, Oh my God, he's nightmare Danny Davis. He's part of the part, one half of the nightmares. He's a tag team. And I've always loved tag team wrestling period. Just been a huge mark for it. Still am to this day, actually. 
Um, and then one Christmas, our my grandparents, everybody comes to my grandparents' home and the, the whole Basham family. And Danny's there. And uh, and back then, man, he was G-act. I mean, jacked. Like, he's not very tall. He's only like five foot five, six, seven. He's not very tall. Like, my God, he was as wide as he was tall. And I mean, Jack. And just the nicest guy. <laughs> well, he, hey, he, he was. I'm just describing. But the nicest guy in the world you'd ever meet. And um, he was wanting, Aunt Faye was wanting him to get off the road, stay home and be a husband. He was kind of wanting to get off the road, so he tells me. So he opens a wrestling school, and he calls it uh, Nightmare Danny Davis School of Professional Wrestling. Well, the first week it was open, I found out about it, and guess where I ended up? At the school. At the Nightmare Danny Davis School of Professional Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I asked my Aunt Faye, first of all, I asked, do you think Danny would mind if I stopped by and just watched? And she goes, oh, go. Yes, go. So I go there. And he had a he had a couple students there. And um, he knew I was coming because uh, he, oh, my God. this The guys of today getting into wrestling have it so easy. They got a great facility to work in amazing, probably good rings to go in and learn in this shithole that we Danny had was a broom closet. It was a 16 by 16 ring, a boxing ring. It was hard as concrete. Oh. It, the, the, the ropes, there was, there was only one set of ropes that was not hitting a wall. You know, you had to be careful. It was, it, it was the way you needed to be taught actually. You know what I mean? The yep. way you need to be taught. So you can appreciate a real ring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You earn your way to the real good stuff. Um, but anyway, so he go, he, he, I just wanted to come and watch and see and check it out. And he goes, you got, you got sweatpants? I go, yeah. He goes, go put them on. Put them on. He goes, get in the ring. And I go to get in the ring, you know, through the ropes. He goes, stop. I, I just, I froze, right? I'm like, what? He goes, no. You hop over the top rope. He goes, you earn your way into the ring. I go, okay. So I get up and I go, how you do it? Whatever. I want somebody to do it. I went to go do it. And my big, my, my toe, my shoe, the toe of my shoe caught the top rope. <clears throat> Man, I, I, I crashed and burned hard. So I didn't make <laughs> it in smooth the very first time. So the very first thing I ever learned how to do in professional wrestling was jump over the top rope and I failed. <laughs> but that was the only time I ever failed. I ever fell down on the on the top rope. So um, that was, I fell in love with wrestling. Uh, that was the time I was 20 years old when I started training. It was in a shoe box. It, it was in a broom closet, hot as hell in the summertime because he had no air conditioning. He didn't even have a bathroom. He had a bucket. He pissed and did whatever else in. And it was cold as the North Pole in the winter. Mm. But you got in there, you learned, you worked, and uh, I, I couldn't say I would do anything any different. I wouldn't want to be trained any other way. So that is how I met Danny, and that is how I first got into wrestling. So I think I answered two questions at once there. Yeah, cool.
Well, well, I'd say this. Any, um, I would say that it paid off because you it, it, it reaped its rewards uh, for you later in life. And, um, you know, we can go back through the whole entire portion of, of you know, you, your, your career and all that stuff, kind of stuff. But I want to touch on something I felt like for me, because I was really part of it, um, as, as well as Jimmy, as a matter of fact. You were in a tag team with Danny called the Basham Brothers. Yep. You were able to move on, on from OVW to, to WWE television. And in my humble opinion, going through my show notes, and I'm not trying to put you over because you're on my show because I don't put motherfuckers over. You know, that's just not. <laughs> no, go ahead. Feel free. <laughs> uh, but but I, I feel like, you know, you guys were good enough to be better than what you were when you were done, but they didn't know what to do with you. I just feel like they didn't know what to do with you guys. Um they, they they did little short programs here and there, uh, and, and but you still won gold. You know what I mean? You still won gold. You you and Danny won. Uh, I I don't know how it's not my show notes how many, but I, at least two to three. Yeah, uh, twice. Well, we were tw twice. They put them on us. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the most I don't know intriguing part of it of your career was when you were with JBL in the cabinet. To me. Oh, yes. Yep. Reading my mind, Brian. <laughs> that, that was a that was a i mean it was a, that was the most i mean it was all fun and all great don't get me wrong i was very very blessed and very lucky and very appreciative of the time that i had there in, in uh wwe because you know how many people want wanted to be there as well but didn't quite didn't ever make it so you know I, i'm very thankful for it um and you know when we first came in when we first came in, and, and I, I agree with you 100%, Bri, when you when you say, you know, they really, maybe they just didn't know what to do with me or do with us. But um, to add to that point, me and Danny were walking down the hallway one night or one day and Vince was coming uh, towards us and he goes, boys, come here, come with me. And we go, oh shit, we're in trouble. And he go, he, he set us down. He goes, look, boys, uh, uh, the draft is coming up. We're going to send uh, Danny. We're going to send you to Raw. Doug, we're going to keep you here on SmackDown. And I want both of you to uh, come up with something and bring it to creative. And then he goes, slap us both on the shoulders. How he does. Bah! Have at it. And wow. He walked off. And we were like, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so you were correct in saying, I guess they didn't really didn't know what to do with us. Um, and it, we could work with anybody and make anybody look good and, and also make ourselves look good. The one thing, if, if I had the whole thing to do over again, Brian, I would have, I would have been, um, a little bit more like, uh, Eddie Guerrero and a little bit more entertaining instead of just wrestling and going out there and having a good match. I would have, I would have interjected a lot more personality and character into what we did. Instead of just being that um, co-star, a supporting actor, uh, the mm -hmm. carpenter, so to speak, to help somebody else, elevate somebody else. And, you know, a lot of the things that I learned in, in, in WWE uh, has been a great experience, don't get me wrong. But I'm teaching that in, in the class here uh, at OBW as a head trainer. I'm teaching that of how not to be a carpenter, how to be a star. And don't make the same mistakes. I don't want to say it's not a mistake, but don't don't walk the same path that that I walked. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it's funny you said all that because uh, 
I, I, not to put myself over, it's something that I've been preaching on this podcast for a long time, is that a lot of fans think it's all about the moves and all about what you can do in the ring. And it's all, <clears throat> people need to get invested in you. Yes. At, and get invested in the person and want to see that person, whether they're a heel and want to see them get their ass kicked or whether it's a baby face and want to see them beat so-and-so's ass. You know what I mean? It, it, it's so much more. That's why <clears throat> I, I, I never got offended once I learned, you know, once you pay attention with the term sports entertainment, like some people are today, they say, oh, it's not sports entertainment, it's pro wrestling. It's the same thing. Sport, pro wrestling is sports entertainment. Professional wrestling, you have to entertain the people. You know, if you don't entertain the people, they're not going to pay money to come and see you. And that that's what our job is as professional athletes, professional wrestlers is to put asses in seats and sell tickets. If you can't sell tickets, then why am I going to put you on a contract and pay you money to yeah. work for me, you know? I do have to ask so, you one thing. Sorry to get off topic here, because you, you mentioned JBL in the cabinet. Uh, what was it like <laughs> being with someone like a JBL? Because there is a perception of him out there by a lot of people who didn't get to be around him and have heard <laughs> stories what was, what was it like being a part of JBL's cabinet back in the day? <laughs> Dougie, well, Dougie, Dougie, before you start, Dougie, don't you bury my man, JBL. And I know you won't be. I was around <laughs> y'all. I was around y'all. And I know he loved Doug Basham. So, but anyway, go ahead. Don't Doug, Doug I, JBL. There, I, I could never bury JBL. I, I only have good things to say about JBL, 100%. But I, I, I'll, I'll back it up a little bit, you know, and – come forward with, with and answer your question, Jimmy. The the very first time I ever met met JB, you know, I seen him on TV. This is this big badass ass kicking Texan. And the first time I ever met JBL was when he was rehabbing his four, I think his forearm or his bicep. He tore his tricep, bicep, forearm, something. He come to OVW to rehab his um and get back into ring shape, get you know, get his wind up. So he was there because uh, a lot of um, WWE stars would come to OVW and uh, work out in the ring just to get their timing down, get their wind up, and everything. Um, and he came down there, and I thought that that JBL and my uncle Danny were buddies. I thought they were. You know, because they were they were like peas and carrots, man. They they loved each other, but come to find out, Danny never met JBL until the first time he came to OBW, and they just gelled. They loved each other, and then I guess JBL found out that I was, you know, obviously Danny's nephew, and he just kind of took a liking to me, but yet took a liking to me, but yet didn't make it easy for me. He didn't make it easy for me, but um kind of looked out for me too and um because of what jbl did for me while i was there i mean everybody's there's people there that have their opinion about him and you can say what you want about him but you know what uh, the guy did a lot for me in my career he he spoke up for me he he taught me actually he taught me a few things kind of took me under his wing and I cannot say anything but good stuff about JBL. Now I have a shit ton of stories that I could tell, and <laughs> it would it would exceed our, our our time limit here. I'm telling you that right now, but uh, 
if uh, JB, you know, aside of JBL, nobody's ever seen. He's he's a he's a caring individual. Um, he if he likes you, he'll take care of you. He'll look out for you. He'll teach you. And he did all that for me. Uh, he'll rib you too, and you know he'll. Oh yeah. Uh, he'll hate cool. you a little bit, but but that you know, that was a sign that he liked you though. That was that a sign was a they sign liked you. Like, you got a little yes. bit of a yeah. You got a little bit of hazing from JBL that meant he liked you, and 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 you're right. He was such a, uh, at least with me as well too. You know, like he he taught me as what, uh, and uh, he him and Eddie Guerrero were two guys who helped bring me out of my shell because there were a lot of times where I'd be told stuff as a referee, and and think to myself and go, oh, I don't know, does that make sense? That's that that doesn't sound right. You know where it. it especially in tag matches where, you know, the, the heels distract the referee, so to speak. And the right. heat goes to the wrong person. It goes to the referee as opposed to going to the heels outsmarting the referee, which is completely different. You don't want the heat on the referee. You want the heat no. to go to where it's supposed to go. Right. On me, the heel. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Doug, with the, with all that being said, um, once again, I love the fact that we're putting over JBL because JBL did exactly for you what he did for me. I used to ride with him. Um, I've been threatened by a knife to have my genitals cut off, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, you wait, hang on. You have genitals? I, I do, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, that's what JBL would say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd cut them off if you had them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what yes. he would say. There you go. <laughs> no, he would he would give me the old. Hebner, I swear to God, if you say a word about this, I will cut your bleep, and you will not be walking around as a Hebner anymore. <laughs> Just like, that oh, like JB. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, all right. So, with that being said, I want to ask you one more question, and we're gonna move on to our third count, get to our own questions for you, our fan questions, and all that kind of stuff. But I want to ask you yeah. to really think about this and remember this in the back of your mind. Now, you were young. I don't know how sober you were because I know that we got fucked up, but never, never, ever. All right. Well, for some reason, I don't know why I was hooked to the wagon of the new OVW guys coming out. <laughs> and you were in this car and it was you, Danny, Randy, and Brock and myself. Yeah. I, I want to know if this trigger, does this trigger anything? Was that was Randy driving? Yes, he was driving. Good was dear God. The, was that when he pulled was is that when Randy and I think I rented a rental car and Randy pulled off and was hitting the cones on the side of the big peep. I'm like, dude, I don't have any insurance on this car. Is that is that the incident? That's the oh, that's or is, the that, or is that a different one? No, 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 no. That's the, that's the incident. And I also remember not only that, but we were all hot because it was hot as fuck. And Randy decided to go to an apartment complex and jump in the pool with everybody. <laughs> I don't man, I only remember Randy hitting the the, the thing that the pylons on the side of the, the road and running over and going, ah, woo, woo. <laughs> you know, it was Randy. No, we literally we we, we literally pulled into an apartment complex. Doug, by the way, you were part of this, if you don't remember. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. You'll have to refresh my memory, sir. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's just say that we we, we we smoked a little something that makes you feel different. And um, 
we decided to go into an apartment complex that had a pool. We decided to park our car. We all got out and got into our bathing suits and went swimming and had about an hour's worth of fun. Man, I don't know what you put in my drink that day, but I don't remember any of this. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're so OVW higher up. <laughs> he's Folks, he's right. He, he was not there. He was not there. I just made this up. Oh my God, kayfabe! I don't remember <laughs> at all. Zero, zero accountability. Was not there. That must have been. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't me. Well, I don't remember. You, well, I'll tell you this: it was the time of my life and the most scariest time of my life. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was Brock doing? Everything he wanted, anything, picking up. Checking. <laughs> right. You know Who's going to stop him? Who's going to stop him? Yeah. Anything he wanted. You were correct. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was the scariest. I don't know. Four people I've ever rode with in my life. <sighs> Danny's not scary. Danny was the coolest of all the cool guys. You, you guys corrupted him. <laughs> no, when Danny's quiet, that's when you need to be scared. That's when you're like, what is he thinking? Yeah. He drive around with a machete in his trunk. That boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know the show's not about Danny, but I can tell you one little quick story. We were in a bar. Me and you were drinking. He was drinking. Me and you much more heavily than Danny. Uh, <laughs> that. And, and and we had a little issue, nothing major, but but Danny just goes, hey, guys, don't even worry about it. I'm going to sit over here. So he's the one that sits and faces like I'm facing you. And me and you are back to back, like with our backs to this fucking clown. And we're just having a good time. And Danny goes, all right, if this guy comes one more bar stool over and keeps on looking at us and acting this way, we're going to have a major problem. And I'm like, no, that sounds like Danny. I, I can believe this story. That sounds like Danny. Oh, you don't believe the other one. No, I don't believe the other one, but I believe this one. Because <laughs> I don't remember of them. <laughs> yeah, but this one sounds like Danny. <laughs> right, let me ask you this. How can I make that shit up? I don't know, but whatever you put in my drink, I'm glad we don't <laughs> drink together anymore. <laughs> I can't remember. Shit. <laughs> well, all right. Or maybe all right. It's just my, just my brain being beat to crap. I, I forgot you were a higher executive and won't going to come clean, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. It was somebody else. Touche. Touche. And with that being said, uh, what we're going to do is this. We're going to move on to some family, uh, some more family entertainment with, uh, with regular questions. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, questions from our panel here with me, Jimmy, and RJ. And we're going to do that in our third count. We'll return with our third count. Bring it. This is your three count. We're back in our third count with our guest, Mr. Doug Basham. Doug, you know, being a tag team guy that you always have been, you always will be. It's always kind of that thing that you always get. But with yourself and Danny there in uh, in the WWE when you're there, you know, you had guys like you mentioned, Eddie. You had Eddie and Chavo, Los Guerreros. You had Team Angle, Shelton and Charlie. You had Rikishi and uh, Scotty, uh, Edge and Ray. 
I think that was one of the most underrated times for tag team wrestling in that company that people didn't, you, you guys didn't get enough credit for. Um, but take that, you know, take you and Danny from that. Say you go to guys in their prime, like the Dudleys, the edge and Christian, the Hardys going in those early two thousands there, even earlier. How much fun would you guys would have had with those three tag teams? Man, uh, not just how much fun would we would we have had, but how much would we have learned? You know, uh, Danny and I when we moved up, we we were we were we were over prepared when it came to the wrestling aspect of it. But like I said before, the entertaining part of it, we would have learned a ton from those guys. You know. Um, uh, there's not nothing that we couldn't do. You couldn't ask us to do that we couldn't do. But when it came to the uh, the you know personality wise, I think that's where we lacked um, in in OBW. But uh, I think uh, we were a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> we just yeah. missed the bubble when it came to that because mm-hmm. I think after that era it did kind of decline and go down a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, mm. They were the last tag team, uh, uh, tag team run, so to speak. I think that those guys before yeah. when, when me and came in, then it kind of just, kind of just, I think Vince and, and Jimmy and Brian, you, you uh, add to this if, if, or, or um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think, Vince loved singles singles wrestling because that's where the star power was. And then whenever he wanted a tag team, he'd put two big stars together and have them as his tag team instead of having a a definitive tag team like, you know, the Dudleys and and, uh, Edge and Christian, the Bashams, APA. Uh, Am I wrong in saying that or do I, or is there a little bit of, uh, is there something there? No, no, there is something there because like you said, when he saw two stars that he thought he could put together to make a big time tag team, you know, he liked it, but there are other people there like Michael P.S. Hayes and, and, you know, Jack Lanza and Pat Patterson who love tag teams, you know, Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe, these guys, these were the guys that, you know, pushed, you talk about that era that RJ talked about with Edge and Christian and the Hardys and, and, and the Dudleys and all that sort of thing. And JBL and, and Ron, and yeah. you know what a great time tag team wrestling was fun back then los guerreros you know oh, I, oh man i have so many even back even back further when you had uh, t- tag teams like the late great owen hart and jeff jeff uh jeff jarrett sure. and stuff like that yeah you know it wasn't those weren't teams that vince put together those were teams that that his right hand men so to speak help create and, and entertaining. They were entertaining and fun. Mm-hmm. And tag wrestling is, is uh, it was it's so fun. And you know, I was so blessed and so lucky and fortunate to be able to work with Eddie and Chavo and Scotty and Rikishi and, and Eddie and, and Booker and uh Ron and, and JBL and uh to to learn learn sitting on that learning tree on how to do a ta- how to be an inter- how to be entertaining was awesome and again that's experience that i gained being there that i'm teaching in the obw academy today what okay. a, what a, oh, no, go ahead, 
You go, you go, Jimmy. Finish up, buddy. No, 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 no. I'm not finishing up because I had a question, a separate question off topic. So stay on the topic. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I was staying on topic anyway, but we'll go ahead and go with this. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you you say that you kind of wished you could have branched out and shown your personality and done things differently. Okay. But I go back and look at your career. I do. You and you and Danny. Um, and I don't think you really had that moment to do it. And I think the only time you really did, which was kind of like, I don't know, shitty, because they put you in a weird gimmick with uh, Shaniqua, um, where it was kind of a gimmick where you were supposed to be. Um, uh, yeah. Shaniqua's bitches. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, you can say it. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. You were supposed to be the bitches. All right. Uh, and then, and then, you know, the most fascinating thing out of that whole ordeal when it happened was watching Danny do it. <laughs> <laughs> he was so awkward and didn't want to do it. I was, it was like, uh, he hated. He hated every minute of it, and I was just trying to make it work. You know what I mean? Um, and just, just. You know, make money. That's all I was. I was making money, trying to make money. And if if I, if, you know, if I had that gimmick to do over again, all over, knowing now, if I'd have known back then what I know now, me and Danny would have made Shaniqua our China, and mm. we would have we would have taken her and put her up there because she was the vocal point. We come from an we come from you know um, where we were trained to where the manager was outside and not the main focus. The wrestlers and the wrestling uh, in the ring was a focus. Whereas, and I think in Vince's mind, she was the main focus because look at her. I mean, she was a specimen. Mm -hmm. And if if I had, if I could do it all over again, I would have done a few, a, a lot of things different and put a lot of the focus, focal point on her. Who gives a shit if she's a focal point? If we're in the main event of uh, pay-per-views, we're making more money. And mm -hmm. We would get our time. We would eventually get our time. Now That's let, let's let's take a moment here. Now let's dive into what you're currently doing, which is OVW. Um, this is a uh, a personal question of mine. So we have the Netflix series, which I absolutely one hundred percent one hundred percent loved. Um, it showed the true character, the grit, the 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 the, the fight for a small company. Um, it showed the dickhead that a guy that came in and bought um, had me hooked. I hated the guy. I want to get him on here, by the way, and uh, chastise him. Um, but what did this mean for you guys? Can you explain to me in, in, in your own words? Now, we've had we did a three part series, which you may be aware or may not be um, of three characters on the on, on the on the uh, wrestlers Netflix series. And. Um, Everyone has different things they want. They say, and um, now we have Doug Basham, who's a backstage guy. We haven't had a backstage guy. We actually had, you know, an in-ring performer. What did this mean for you and Al Snow and all these people backstage? What does this mean for OVW? And what did it do for OVW? Well, when we heard that this was what was going to happen, you know, uh, being being wrestlers and being workers and performers and being in the world of wrestling, we don't ever believe anything until it happens, right? Yep. That's mm -hmm. so we were skeptical when Matt Jones was saying, Hey, 
Netflix is coming. Netflix is coming. And we were like, yeah, right. And then um, we shot like the pilot and it was, it got a little more real. We're like, okay, well, you know what, if uh, this does happen, this probably could, you know, open the eyes of the world to OVW because Netflix is seen around the world. Right. So, um, we shot the pilot and all that, and they went and did all their stuff. We had that waiting period. We kind of forgot about it for a minute. And then all of a sudden Matt Jones comes in and says, Hey, they're coming. They're coming. And we were like, yeah, right. And then they showed up and we're like, Oh shit, they're here. (laughs) Oh my God, this is going to happen. And so everybody got really excited. And then um, as far as the people they focused on, you know, um, I think that the uh, director and producers of the show wish that they would have just been more themselves instead of still being their characters because it's a documentary. And But there's people in the back, like Al. Al was himself. I was myself few other people in the back were themselves and we were hoping that what happened after the show came out happened did happen it it introduced obw to the world ever since that show has come out uh back in uh was it it come out in august August summer september 13th or something like that ever since the show's come out our Thursday night live TV show has sold out up to this day, minus the bad weather we had, you know, uh, a week ago. Right. Mm-hmm. All of our pay-per-views have been sold out, and this is in the arena. Now, the arena only holds about 400, 450 people, but before the before the Netflix series came out, we were selling 150, maybe 200 tickets. Now we're selling more than we can hold and our pay-per-view buys, which were like, if you when watching the series, they were nil to nada. Our pay-per-view buys are going up, up, up and up. Our rumble has been the most buys we've from pay-per-view we've gotten ever. And we're hoping um, February 10th, for tough love, it goes up even more. So what we in the back, me, Al, um, and a few of the others hoping happen, did happen. It opened the eyes of the, or it introduced OVW to the eyes of the world. And we're on, uh, you know, you can catch OVW TV on YouTube. Um, you can catch us on Fight TV. Um, and since then too, another uh investor has come in and invested quite a bit of money in the product and has helped elevate our production our, our, our production he's redid the inside of the arena he's you know uh, wanted to rename obw obw rise that's the name of our show kind of like wwe raw obw rise um we're we're getting since the netflix show we're getting people moving to Louisville, Kentucky to be a part of OBW. And that's where a lot of our uh, female talents coming from. And some of our male talent that look like a, somebody that could whip somebody's ass are coming in. 
Um, it's been nothing but good, nothing but positive. And man, we're we're getting um, got to be careful. A lot of good things are about to happen with OBW's name on it, and I have to leave it at that. So, so, so Doug, before, before I let before I let the other guys take over, and I, and I know they're I can see they're they're both itching, and that's no, cool. No, it's cool. Well, it's great. I, I love it. I love seeing it. Uh, I don't know why I'm entertained by this, uh, but what kind of improvements inside the arena were made? Like, what what do they do to make this arena that was supposedly a shithole at some point? Um, and actually, and, and, and I'm not gonna lie, it actually in the OV, I mean, in the uh, Netflix series, it, it, it looks like a piece of shit too. Um, but I thought it was cool. You know, I'm old school. You know me. I'm old school. I'm used to the old Richmond Coliseum, the Richmond Arena. I'm used to these all these old fucking shits I used to travel with my dad with. So yep. to me, it was cool. But like, so so explain some of these improvements. I mean, I I just want to know from my curiosity. I'll start with the arena part. Um, he we we taken the arena. We built a new stage and a new entrance, so you're not coming through a curtain like in, look, to look indie. Um, so now we have like an entrance that you walk out through, like kind of like WWE and, and um, AEW, and we have we have lights that go off. We have we have well, I call it pyro, but it's we have a, our version of pyro. What we can have, uh, it's nothing big and nothing huge, but you know it's an improvement. Our sound system has improved. We added some speakers. We've added more lights. Um, uh, we've uh, moved our commentator to a different area. We've added more camera angles through the production. Uh, we've upped our cameras to a higher higher production production quality, so it looks like WWE and, and AEW. The production quality. Mm-hmm. And we've added a Titan Tron, <laughs> which is the, I'm awesome, uh, thrilled about. Um, because before we just had these small little TVs that people had to watch. Now we got this big ass four 75 inch screen TVs together. It makes one huge Titan Tron. Um, and um, the sound quality people can hear here in the arena now. So that that's what you can actually, when you walk in and we've, we've moved our, um, Things you can't see. We've moved our concession stand and made the place look bigger, so people wrestlers can come out and sell their merchandise, and um, just improved seating. We have a few more seats in there now because of what we've done. Moved things around, but in the back, what you're talking about the shithole. Whenever you saw everything in the back, we've gutted some of the back out and made a a lounge. So when we want to bring people in to sell sponsors and watch the show we have a very nice lounge area now we've moved all of our production you know how in the in the uh, wwe they have a production truck yeah we have all of our production in one room now and looks just like a production truck it's got we got a bazillion tvs up we've got all the equipment where we need to be we got people in place we have our own we have a gorilla area now um and everything it's it's in the locker room we went up and um, built a nice locker room area for everybody, so it's nice now. It's got it, it, it's nice. I'm very proud to be a part of OB. Not that I wasn't proud before, but I'm, I'm, you know, if somebody comes in, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not like uh, welcome to OBW. I'm like welcome to OBW. Here it is. You know, it looks, oh, it looks nice, man. Yeah. You guys, sometimes you have to come down. It, it, it looks totally different. 
totally different. And it's I'm proud to be OVW, man. Doug, that's that awesome. is that is that is tremendous. That is so tremendous. And by the way, um, if you want to help out, you know, you can always do this. Um, you need to learn how to sell tickets and you do like this. You don't tell people it's 400 people. We 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 it, we, we pack the place and there's thousands of people. You know, we fudge nothing. <laughs> Well, we've been packing it, so you we only have 400 seats, so you better buy your goddamn tickets. And get them now. <laughs> get them yes. Now. People, have, people have to buy their tickets two and three weeks ahead of time, or they don't get in, because we, we can't let anybody in. They're sold, sold out. I mean, there you go. I, I love the fact that you upgraded the production, not only the production value, but the, the look. Yep. Because perception is reality when people tune in and they watch and they go, oh. This is a nice, this is a, this is a big time. This is a big deal. Yeah. You know? And, you know, here lately we, we've had um, other stars come in and want to be a part of the show too. Mick Foley is an active part of our show here since uh, January. And he's going to part for however long, um, for however long. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get off topic here and sound like uh, the typical interviewer guy here because uh, I was a I was a big fan of tag teams when I was a fan growing up. My my favorite tag team when I was younger was Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood back in the day. Uh, who was your favorite tag team of all time, and who right now currently do you think is the best tag team out there? Well, one of my favorite. This is going to sound so like oh yeah right. One of my favorite tag teams was the Nightmares back when I was younger because I was a small guy and little. They were smaller guys and little. They were entertaining. That You couldn't tell who was who. And the way they, they bumped and the way they did, the way just the way they flopped around, I found that so entertaining. But they, they were, just, you know, it didn't, I didn't know until I was in the, you know, in wrestling that just how good they were. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that that my my old school uh tag team would, would be the nightmares and i have a couple today there's a couple today that i just add, and of course i love the andersons too mm. I, love, I love them whenever i got a little older and i was like oh man because just the way they did stuff man they, they made everything look like a fight they made it look real and that's what i love making stuff look real so then you bump that up to today's tag teams there's a couple tag teams that i really like uh, one is FTR. I'm real. Mm-hmm. I think they're one of the, if not the, one of the best tag teams in wrestling right now. And then there's another tag team coming up that's old school and they work and they are too great. And they're OVW, they're OVW boys, the Outrunners. Yep. See, I see, and then because they've been at, um, did they do a couple loops at uh, AW too? Yeah. Rumor has it they got signed by AEW, but that's just a rumor. I don't know for sure. Oh, well, we'll have to. We'll wait. We'll wait and see on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to bring up a listener question. Uh, Shane Chess wants to know. Uh, he says that we're on. Seeing that we're on Netflix, uh, do you feel the announcement of Raw going to Netflix in January of 2025? will open the door for more people to see wrestlers and in turn watch the OV, OVW product? Absolutely, I do. I think that's a good thing. That mm-hmm. is a great, I think. Nice. Uh, we also have one here from Josh Wright. He wants to know, do you 
or OVW have any plans to come to Arizona for a show at any point? Uh, Josh, how you doing, buddy? I know who that guy is. <laughs> Big Josh out there. Um, oh. I gotta. How do I say this? OVW, we are going to be spreading our wings and flying from the nest a little bit in the very near future. Nice. Will you just <laughs> fucking say it? Look <laughs> over Arizona yet, but we will be spreading our wings and we're, we're going to be uh, visiting other states soon. Nice. Uh, don't, uh, I probably, I just got myself in trouble. No, 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 you didn't. No, you didn't. Because um, uh, there was a very, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So there was a very interesting conversation, and, and this is my hey, listen, you answer what you want. Like I told you, EC3 was on here a couple weeks ago. Um, he was kind of loose lipped when uh, he said something about the possible, I don't want to say partnership, but some kind of a um, deal. Uh, okay, I don't know why I'm sugarcoating shit because I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> all right, yeah, some kind I'll of co-branding. Would you say? I'll either confirm or not confirm. Okay, uh, but there's something going on between you and the NWA. Uh, don't know what it is. Uh, don't 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 really care if you have any more to digest on it. But I just know that he dropped something that was very intriguing and said he wanted to put it on his back and be part of it. Um, that's enough for me. Well, Aaron Stevens has been seen on our show taking notes as of late. Hmm. And Aaron Stevens is part of NWA. Ooh, interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, hey, listen, Doug, I, I, I'm not trying to throw you in the bus. You know, I love you, and I'd never throw you in the bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. You wouldn't back it up and then go forward and back it up again, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I would back it up, go forward one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only three times. Not to no, stop. You know I wouldn't do that to you. Third time's a charm. One, two, three. Uh, you're used to that three count. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, we got uh one here uh from JD. He says, What are the what's the most challenging part? of working with the roster at OVW during and since filming the show. You might have touched on this briefly, though, Doug. Yeah, uh, a few. Um, it's al always uh, egos, you know. Some people are just not quite fully 100% mature in, in the, the, the business yet, and you get a little bit of uh, notoriety, and you don't know how to conduct yourself, and you think you're bigger than what you are. That that's That's been the biggest part of it. But, you know, um, you know, the Netflix rub that everybody got has come and gone. So now we're kind of back to where we were. And um, hopefully we get a season two so we can get another rub and more people's egos can grow, which is okay. But uh, <laughs> which is okay. But, you know, um, seeing some of these people get some some success is good. But seeing how they're handling it is not, you know, and I, I'm guilty. I, I and I'm speaking from experience, you know. I, I've I've made the same mistakes, 
and why it, it hurts me so bad to see it is because I did the same thing, you know. So, Doug, I, I, I want to touch on this real quick before I have another question, but you sure are touching yourself a lot. Uh, no, no. It's just, <laughs> well, I mean, because I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Um, I I have guests on and, and, and major guests on. I've had many world champions on and. We were doing this three-part series, and and it, yes, this is something I'll never let die. And here comes look, look, look at RJ. He doesn't know what to do. I'm never letting go. I'm not. Um, your 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 big star, who thinks she's bigger, I guess, than anybody, um, is the only person that's ever asked me this question, and her name was Haley. Haley J. Yeah, I knew where you go with that. Um, so she was going to be part of our three-part series, and of course, she wants me to fucking pay her. Really? And guess what I said? Fuck no. Well, in the same essence, I say go fuck yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm really hoping that somebody can get into her mind and really realize to her that now Mickey James is there. And um, you know what's funny is Mickey James knows about this story. I told her this months and months ago. So maybe somebody like Mickey James can get in her brain. And I'm saying this for positivity because I think the girl has a chance to be something really big. But my God, Netflix ain't make you that much. I mean, I know you're selling more merch and I know you've been on TV and everybody knows you that you didn't think knew you before. I get it. But my God, Doug, can you explain anything for her? Can you, do you have anything at all to battle that? You remember me saying summer's just immature? Yes. Well, there's some athletes here at OBW that are just haven't quite reached that maturity level yet, you know, and they have to learn the hard way. Hey, and it's okay. I'm not. I'm not fine. I mean, I, like it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is this: I just can't believe she wanted me to pay her to be on my podcast. She might be getting some um, advice from others as well. You know what I mean? Instead of putting yourself out there and having you help me get bookings and getting my personality out there with your reach, instead going for that quick buck at the moment and then pretty much fucking yourself. Oh, can I say that on your show? Oops. Sure can. But you know, I mean, it, it just it, that's just part of part of learning and growing up and learning this 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 business of wrestling. You make mm -hmm. mistakes. You know what I mean. And I, you you just don't want to make mistakes at the wrong time. And right. I, I don't mm -hmm. know else to and be learn yeah, and learn from them as best you can. Yes. Hopefully. Yes, because if anybody can talk about, say anything about making mistakes and effing up, I can't because I did it several times and once, well, twice big in the WWE. <laughs> so, mm. uh, and boy, did I learn, learn my lesson um, and I, I paid for it too. But um, that's, uh, I think that's just immaturity. I mean, she's only she's only been around the business for like a year and a half, two years, man. Wow. So she's not been around long. And you know the thing about Haley is 
is, you know, she's, she's got a lot of talent. She has that it factor. You know what I mean? And she's yes. entertaining as, as hell and she can talk on the mic. She's entertaining when she talks. She can cut a promo like this. Just say, hey, cut a promo on Jimmy Corderas. And she'd go off and make it entertaining. The only other person I ever saw have such quick wit mic work on the microphone other than her was John Cena. First time yeah. I saw him. Yeah. And, no, but, you know, sometimes you just got to make mistakes, man. You got to make mistakes. And hopefully you learn from them. Hey, listen, I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad at her. I'm disappointed because of the... the hot. I can tell you're hot. If you're hot, I'm, you're hot. Oh, he's... Or, you know what? Fuck it, I'm hot. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's it. Own up to it. See, see, that's the, see, that's the difference. Brian would tell her, that, you know, F you, and then I'd tell her, oh, get oot. <laughs> get the pity oot of me. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. You, that's, a, that's a thing, Doug, if you haven't noticed it already. You, you get Jimmy's the friendly Canadian, can't get him the pop, and then you got Brian who goes through a six-pack of tall boys a show and... <laughs> tries to get you to pop when he flexes and everybody's <laughs> jealous because he's a Hebner and but, but I, brother, I don't know. I, I'm, I've known, I, I've traveled up and down the road with these guys for what was it? Six years, seven years. How least. long was it? Oh my God. How, I mean, spent more time with these guys than I did my family. Yep. Mm. Right. Well, Doug, I have two other questions. If, if 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 possible, if not, that's cool. Jimmy, if you jump in there too. Cool. Uh, but what does it mean to you, Al Snow, when you see talent that you help move on to the next level? How does that feel? Is it a proud moment or a degrading moment? Because I, I, in other words, I would think you would say right out of your mouth, "Oh, it's a proud moment. I trained him, and they moved on." But how would it feel to, let's just say, because we're talking about Haley. You train Haley. You made her what she's supposed to be. Now she goes over to a major promotion that's bigger than you. And she's doing her thing. Are you gutted a bit that she's gone, but yet proud that she's not with you, you know, but yet she's now where she needs to be kind of thing? How does that work? It's, it's got to be weird. Super proud. That's why I train people for them to get what they can and stay where they want to be or get what they can and move on. And, you know, when, when I see someone like the, the outrunners get signed to AEW and I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. Um, see Layla gray get signed to AEW. Those are, are, are proud moments for me that I had a hand in, in helping and and so did Al. I mean, I'm not the only one. Al did too, you know. Yes. So I can say just like when Al did toughen up and he saw he, he calls them his kids and he sees them performing and stuff. It's a proud moment. And it's like it's like when you're you're I mean, I don't have any kids, so I, I can't really relate that being that having that proud dad moment. So this is the closest thing that I can have when I see a um Outrunners or a Layla Gray or a Luke Curtis or a Cal Hero or a or an E not necessarily EC3 but you know Donovan Cecil he's a homegrown OBW guy that's 
that's gaining in popularity. He's Kentucky's he's not he's Kentucky's strongest man. He's 29th strongest man in the country. He does strongman competitions and can do a moonsault and he's like 400 pounds. He's the beast. Or or there's there's a there's a host of others that I could sit here and name and I don't want anybody to get upset if I didn't name them and through you know when they hear this, but it's definitely Brian. It's it's a proud moment. It's there's no animosity. There's no ill feeling or remorse. It's total proudness. Awesome. I'll I'll ask one more question and then, um, guys, do you have anything or no or I'm good. I'm I'm no. good. I'm good. I'm good. So here we go. What's the vision that you think Al, the new owners that have come in, uh, Matt, and that is name Matt, right? Yep, Matt. Yep, Matt. And even yourself, see for the future of OVW. So in other words, you wanna you wanna be the number three, the number two. Obviously, you'll never be the number one. You know that. Um where 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 do you see this? Where's the vision? Where's the vision? What is the vision? The vision is to, you know, be the biggest company that we can be. And if we become competition, great. But we're just trying to do us. We just want to be OVW. We're not trying to compete with WWE, AEW, NWA, MLW. We're not trying. We're just trying to do us. We're trying to put an entertaining product on TV. We're trying to make money. Most of all, we're trying to make money. We're trying to get you to watch our program. We're trying to get you to pay to watch our pay-per-views. And we're just trying to put a good product out there. If we become number two, great. If we're number three, great. If we're number four, great. We really don't care where we are. We just want to. We just want to be. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the vision. Now the owners, the, the new owners, financial guys. Of course, they want to make a shit ton of money. Who wouldn't? Isn't that why we're doing this to make money? Yeah. So we're trying to put the best product we can out there to satisfy, you know, all the. What's what's that saying? Satisfy. We're trying to satisfy everybody, and if we yeah. do satisfy everybody, you know, we're 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 in we're good. We're in, we're in the good, and the best thing about it is, um, a lot of the the athletes that we have on our roster are starting to do great business. They're working with one another and not against one another. Nobody's out. I mean, yes, but nobody's out there trying to have the best match of the night. Everybody understands where they are and what they're supposed to do. That took a long time to to beat in their heads. Um, but uh, everybody's playing their part. Everybody is working for the show, not for themselves. And that has been nothing but good for OVW, man. And we are we're starting to go places. We're people are starting to starting to go. Who is this? I, I love I love hearing that because uh, you know it, it isn't about oh four star five star who came up with this five star match thing it's like you said it's about getting people going ooh I was entertained by that I want to see more of that yep. you're, you're mm -hmm. right I, I love that I love hearing that and the, so, the booking booking and the writing crew are doing such an amazing job writing stories and they're not shotgun stories everybody's in a storyline pretty much and everything everybody's doing there's a reason why everybody is doing what they're doing on our show 
you're just not going to see a cold match and it not go anywhere. No, there's a reason why this is happening. And there's a storyline. If you watch more than just, you know, once a, once a month, you'll start to follow the story and you'll get hooked and you'll be entertained. And our, our athletes are getting better and better and better every time they go uh, perform on TV. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you can watch OVW every Thursday at seven Eastern, correct, Doug? Seven Eastern, seven to nine. Yep. On uh, okay. YouTube at OV Wrestling. At least you go to OV, OVWrestling.com, I believe. Okay. Um, and yeah. And then lastly, plug you got, obviously you got the pay-per-view coming up, like you said, in February there, uh, plug anything else you got personally, OVW stuff, uh, and anything else you really want to plug right now? Well, man, I've been trying so hard to build my Instagram account. <laughs> I put stuff on there. It's entertaining. Hell. It's the Doug Basham. Um, so come join me. I've been stuck at 7,000 for so long. <laughs> I would love to break 10, 20,000. That'd be awesome. Help me if you can. Um, and then, you know, obviously I got my Facebook page. That's maxed out. But um, working on a web page where you can uh, put posts and what I'm doing and stuff like that. You can buy merch if you want. I have a couple of T-shirts out there that I'm proud of. Not that I'm on TV or I'm anybody special, but, hey, I got my own T-shirt. Okay, God damn it. And uh, <laughs> send me your all sizes, your address. I'll send you, each one of you guys a free one. And um, thank you for having me on your show. Watch OBW. Tough Love is coming up February 10th, I believe. I believe it's February 10th. You can go to ovwrestling.com and you can check out all of our pay-per-view dates, all of our live TV dates, all of our live event dates that may or may not be coming up soon Mm. (laughs) in cities near everyone. Because we are spreading our wings and we're leaving the nest. Nice. What? What? You better. You better tell Al or whoever the fuck's in control of this leaving the fucking nest bullshit. Um, you better come to Virginia and close to Richmond because I'm coming and I'm vading that motherfucker. <laughs> Let me. I think we may be. What? I think we may be. Oh, I will oh. be there. What up? Uh, what up? Oh, oh see, now, old, see, now you got me intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to do the old school thing, Brian, and get you have your stuff in the car? Just, you know, you never know. Just always in case. Bring it with you. That hey, was something that taught, Pat Patterson taught me. He says, always have, always, have, always have your gear with you. <laughs> I, knowing Al Snow the way he, well, Doug even told you the story. The way Al Snow is, yeah, I'll probably be doing the main event that night. Yeah. <laughs> Look you in. Oh, oh crap. I might I, I might be driving down the Richmond for that. What the heck? To see that. Hey, I got family in Richmond. I might make the trip. Said <laughs> maybe. All right, here we go with the maybe shit. All right, all right. <laughs> you got me all stoked up, Joe. I mean, Doug, come on. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Just keep stay tuned. OBWrestling.com and just keep your eye on the website and uh, see you where and when we will be coming near you. Well, Doug, I want to say this, buddy. I really do, really do appreciate you taking your time out of your very hectic and busy schedule at OBW to join us on uh, Reffing It Up. And um, I also want to say to you that you are a person that we had had some fun. And 
you're a good dude. You're a good dude, yeah. man. I, I have nothing but positive words to say to you. And by the way, if you don't know it, like you just said uh, uh, in our first count, I believe, um, Al's an asshole. But guess what? He basically told me when I reached out to him to get your number, he said to me that um, he will do the show. And I said, okay, well, I need to get it approved by him. He goes, no, he will do the show. And I said, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tremendous. It's great. Awesome. Uh, no, I that's just, I, I, I love I just didn't know that I can't thank him enough for bringing me back, for pulling me back into this man. And because there's nothing, I don't, I know nothing better on this planet than, than wrestling, man. And I love teaching. I love producing now. I love aging. I love writing. I really can't do so much in the ring anymore because of, you know, like probably you two arthritis and all the other crap wrong with us, but man, I can't thank him enough. And I, I love him to death. Well, and I also say that I've never had so many more fucking reminders on my phone to uh, have this. That's awesome. You've had seven concussions and, and all the brain damage I've had. I got I got something. Never mind. I'll just stop. Uh, well, it was great catching up with you. Doug. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. It was good seeing you, my friend. And uh, please continued success with AE, uh, AEW. Oh my goodness, OEW, and grow that, grow that brand, man. Grow it. Do the best I can, buddy. Thank you for having me, guys. I had a fun time, man. You, I, you would have never known an hour and a half went by. I can oh, keep hey, going. Hey, Doug, <laughs> we're, we're we're a fun show. And we just want you to have fun and just talk about Doug Bashers. That's what we did tonight. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, dude. I love you, and um, I want you to carry on OVW and. We, we, we plan on having some other people on here, too, as OVW. We want to promote it, too, as well. So, all right, brother, we appreciate it. Thanks for all your all's help. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you, Doug. Bye, boys. This show keeps getting better and better, and that was one of, I think, I can say right now, that's probably one of our better ones, just catching up with you guys and Doug. I was just happy to, you know, just like every other week, just happy to see, you know, these stories that you guys have with our guests. Uh living living uh getting those memories coming back from the good old days but uh speaking of good old days jimmy i uh absolutely love you mentioned your reference rants every day just absolutely love seeing those like i said i keep saying it every week it's my daily fix of going on the instagrams or the twitters and seeing what you what, what, what you have to say good bad and different about uh professional wrestling yeah i i probably i, I Try to add a little positivity to start the year, but you knew that the critiquing would come sooner or later. <laughs> and again, it's not yeah. to tear it down. It's to tight, help tighten screws that I think need to be tightened. We're try, we want this business to grow. And it, and and for all those people out there who say, well, he's always cracking on AEW. I want to see them do well. That's why I'm doing it. That's, what, that's why I'm making these critiques. These are my opinions. You know what I mean? So, And I have fun doing it. What can I tell you? Yeah. What um what are ways people can get a hold of you? Look at your stuff, get all your merch and stuff. Well, uh, as far as the ref and rants go, they're on my Instagram and on my Twitter and all my social media feeds uh, Monday through Friday. You know, uh, I'm I'm here pretty much every week doing this with you and having a lot of fun with you guys. You know, with B Heb and the URJ, and got to thank also guys like JD AJ for for all their help as well. And, uh, you know, uh, I also do the Wrestling Inc. stuff on Mondays and Wednesday nights. Uh, Mondays after Raw, Wednesdays after Dynamite. 
have a blast uh, just again talking about the shows and what we liked and what we didn't like and uh brian and obviously you know if you want to get brian hot before the show each and every tuesday when we record brian where the, can they do that nowhere because i'm not getting on the shit uh <laughs> so don't even fuck with me um but basically hey jimmy how long you been doing this how, how long you been uh refereeing roughly uh, I- well, I started refereeing in 1987, February of 1987. All right. Well, you need to start getting the mentality that I have. Um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you do your, your your thing that I love, actually. And honestly, as Chimmel would say, I agree with you 99% of the time. So the people that fight you want to fuck them. Yeah, you want. yeah I just don't even bother, man. I just, it's, it's, How many refereeing? How many WrestleManias have you ever talked to Vince McMahon? I'm going to give you the bubble. The bubble The bubble's this. Here's what Bubba says. Uh, Jimmy, how many WrestleManias have you been to? Uh, quite a few. Let me put it that way. Okay. Have you ever main evented a WrestleMania? No, but I refereed a main event at WrestleMania. Okay. Um, so does a fan that has 155 followers, does he have the courage and strength and even the knowledge to disrespect anything you say they could have a difference of opinion they may not agree with what i say but uh you know there's a way to express it without being a total a-hole let's put it that correct way. and when they're an a-hole you just need to go tell them to go fuck themselves but anyway well that would be your that would be your twitter account <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's probably gonna really get banned um but anyway um <laughs> i love you jimmy what i'm saying is you deserve to say what you want Thank you, man. I love you too, bro. Uh, good brothers and stripes. What can I tell you? And RJ, thank you for holding the glue together. It's very much appreciated, my friend. Yeah, we 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 need a lot of glue here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if gorilla glue is enough. Crazy glue. Yeah. Crazy gorilla glue. There you go. But uh, uh, you can reach me at uh at baby Havner on Twitter if it's not blocked. I don't know. Um, or. <laughs> At Baby Henry on Instagram. That was not blocked because I don't get on that one that much. But anyway, yeah. uh, that's all. That's all you can reach me. If you don't want to reach me, whatever. Oh, and if you don't want to reach Brian, you can reach the show's page at Refin It Up on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thank you guys for listening this week. Next week, we will be honored to welcome Chavo Guerrero Jr. to the show next week, guys. Guy that you've both worked with quite a bit in the WWE. Looking forward to once again just sitting back, letting you guys reminisce about the good days there in the WWE and whatnot. Um, but looking forward to that next week. So thank you guys. Tell a friend, tell everybody to listen to Refin and Up each and every week. And we'll see you here next week for Jimmy Corderas, for Brian Hamler. I'm RJ. See you next week right here on Refin It Up. One, two, three.